Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. With the explosion of digital channels and accompanying shifts in customer preferences, life science companies are reshaping their customer engagement models across commercial, medical, and market access organizations. I'm here with Mindy McGrath and special guest Hunter Goga to discuss how the engagement model has evolved and what leaders should be considering from a compliance perspective as they look to innovate in this space. How has the customer engagement model in life sciences really changed? Jen, there's been so much activity over the last couple of years where we have seen traditional interactions with third parties such as physicians and hospital networks, patients that were traditionally very siloed, right? And everybody had their own focus on what the job to be done was, is now starting to really evolve. I mean, you just look at the evolution of of the marketplace and who a life sciences organization would consider to be their customers. And what we see is like payers, right? And providers are forming what we call payviders and health systems are acquiring physician practices. And pharmacy is jumping into the mix now in terms of expanding what they look like in the value chain. So I think what we're seeing is really this, you know, almost like consolidation of, of efforts that is really blurring the lines on who customers actually are and where they show up. And so I think for commercial, medical, and market access, you know, what they're contending with right now as they think about their traditional jobs to be done is what does that look like in today's market, right? As they see their customers starting to really shift gears in terms of how they're showing up in the marketplace and what their needs are and what their core responsibilities look like. There are really two ways of looking at this in terms of customer engagement. There's the who aspect of it. Like you mentioned, new players entering the marketplace, aggregation of pairs and providers being one channel that a manufacturer would access. And then, you know, really emphasizing patient engagement. Patients generally are getting more involved in their source of care, which just adds this additional who channel to the mix. The other aspect of it is the how aspect. We just look at trends in the industry overall, look at the proliferation of technology, uh, telehealth, virtual interactions over the last couple of years. A lot of it has been COVID driven, but patients and, and other you know, groups, whether it's payers or providers, are looking to be engaged with from a technology perspective. There's also this need from a customer perspective to have more personalized content, have more agile support. It's more white glove at your hand, you know, ready to get involved in a more custom way. So when we think about the idea of both who are we interacting with changing and how are we interacting in terms of the channel changing, there are some pain points. We're seeing an increase in the cost to engage our customers. In 2021 alone, the cost of healthcare and pharma digital ads was estimated to be $11 billion. And this was an 18% growth year over year. And I think, you know, that really just goes back to the idea that there are new ways to engage customers. We need to start, we being the manufacturer, need to start being more creative in terms of how we engage customers. And then also thinking about the aspect of waste, of, of marketing waste. So this really speaks to the marketing materials that are being developed, not reaching their intended audience. And based on our estimate, about 30% of the 
form of marketing content that is created is not reaching their intended audience at the end of the day. And that's so, I mean, I think about that. It's such missed opportunity, right? And you think about it from a, from a customer perspective and it's like the old adage was, you know, you fish where the fish are, you know, but I think from a customer lens, it's even more of like, how is it that they want to be met? Where do they want to be met? And, and when you think about that percentage of waste, that's a lot of investment, right? That's just not impacting the customer experience in a positive way. I mean, it's just, it's lost opportunities. I think there's another aspect to this too. It's like how we start thinking about it from a, from a organizational standpoint and being ready, right? To shift gears into an omni-channel approach. I think moving from an omni-channel approach into one of these like one company to one customer approach that is highly personalized based on data that's accumulated and and collected that's a pretty big transformation for any organization to go through and i think part of this is it's not just the marketing aspect of it but how does the operational aspect of a life sciences company kind of ready themselves for this type of effort such great points mindy about the organizational readiness of these companies to shift from their more traditional fragmented and siloed, you know, multi-channel approach to this true omni-channel approach that's really driven by personalization and data and optimization. I'd love to understand what are some of the growing pains we're seeing as companies try to adopt this approach? Well, I think like creating this, this omni-channel experience really requires some skill and capability that that needs some maturing to it. So you think about the fact that deep customer knowledge is going to be really critical, right? And, and powerful content for each channel. But maybe even more important than that is being able to coordinate the orchestration across all of these channels and having the agility to adapt to customer feedback. When you're receiving feedback on a continuous basis and then have to adapt, right, to better inform the way that you're finessing or, or even fine-tuning your omni-channel approach, I think that's a skill set that is still probably a growing pain for most organizations. And having that ongoing learning process almost built into how you monitor just a vast amount of data, how it gets shared across the organization, and then how it gets actually placed into action. Like many have been saying, there is this operational strategic play. There's a lot of insights, data that's coming in. How do we collect it? How do we remain agile, ensure the right appropriate bodies are receiving the data uh, that they need to receive, digesting it, and then able to share that messaging back out externally? There also is a, a compliance aspect to it. When we think about growing pains or, or pain points in the organization, there is a good reason why historically these groups market access commercial, medical, have been siloed in terms of their communications with external bodies, with customers. Um, traditionally speaking, from a compliance perspective, it is really important that any medical messaging remains objective um, and, and medical in nature. So we want to make sure when we, we being manufacturers are engaging third parties, whether it is a payer, a provider, or a patient, those medical messages whether it's off-label usage for the drug, certain indications, or just general medical messaging related to the product is kept separate from any promotional content that may occur or any competitive data that would be shared traditionally by someone like a, a commercial sales rep. How do you think the regulatory function 
or the compliance function is actually, um, where are they in their evolving process of, of being ready to support, you know, this approach to omnichannel? I think these functions have a pretty steep ask of them right now during this pivot to more of an omni-channel model, right? You know, in addition to just the fact that as more channels become available for communication, the regulatory burden for these groups has increased because they have to mean compliance across the entire omni-channel experience. And they're grappling with the data collection and data sharing piece as well. And oftentimes the external agencies that are creating this guidance, right? They're almost building the plane while flying it. We're seeing the social media guidance from the FDA didn't come out until 2014 and is still continuously being adapted and flexing as, you know, more and more channels are coming out for social media and it becomes a trusted channel for scientific exchange for almost 81% of HCPs. And then of course you're seeing the industry grappling with the, um, the EU GDPR, the European Union General Data Protection Regulation of 2016 that can be quite stringent in terms of the data that's collected and how it's utilized uh, not only for HCPs, but for all EU citizens. So I think just a deluge of change that these organizations are facing and a huge appetite from their business partners within life sciences to be able to provide this guidance quickly and flexibly so that they can meet some of those opportunities and goals that they have, but still remain within the appropriate risk bounds from compliance. That all goes back to the point that Mindy made earlier around agility. We want to make sure that insights that are being collected are being digested by the various bodies, whether it's market access, commercial, medical, and then being able to be enhanced into messaging that then is being sent out to the variety of different end parties, whether it's payers, providers, or customers, and thinking about the variety of different channels that now exist with technology. So what should leaders be considering as they're looking to innovate compliantly in this space? So I think when we think omnichannel, we typically see the change being from having a, a national commercial team that's kind of standalone, a national market access team that's standalone, to thinking about more of a, an ecosystem model. So let's, instead of organizing nationally by a commercial team that's going to have the same strategy, let's organize by a specific region that serves a specific demographic, and we're going to target that area holistically from an omnichannel approach to target all payers, providers, patients from a, a united front and have united messaging from a, a market access medical commercial perspective. So I think, you know, structurally, that's how these organizations have started to think about it. Along with that, there's been an evolution of the compliance function being more of a firewall and a hindrance from commercial being able to do potentially anything that they want to do to becoming more of a business partner and enabler to ensure that whether it's insight sharing or data collection is done in a compliant way and providing more of a general holistic guidance or approach to how, how we can make sure that these interactions in this ecosystem model or this omni-channel model are provided in a, a compliant manner. I think a lot of times we see the business wanting to do the right thing, but not necessarily knowing what that looks like especially with all these new channels to interact with customers or engage with third parties, 
they they're still learning. I think, and like you just said, it's it's building the plane while we're flying it. They're still learning. You know, what can I share? How can I make these conversations effective? But I still want to be compliant. So it really it comes down to the the compliance function acting as a business partner, setting up these guidance insight sharing playbooks ahead of time to say here are very real situations that you may come into in terms of insights that are shared with you from uh, HCP that then you would like to relay back to a market access group. What is the level of detail that you're able to go in? What is information that does make sense to share with the commercial group and can be part of a broader strategy when it comes to engaging with HCPs and what wouldn't be considered compliant or appropriate? So I think really putting together this tangible playbook that representatives from the manufacturer, whether it's market access, medical or commercial can have on hand to understand what can be shared and what can't be. And then standing up these insight sharing meetings where compliance would participate as a business partner to kind of raise a hand when something comes up that wouldn't necessarily be appropriate to share with the broader audience. And Hunter, it seems to me that um, part of what we're also seeing, right, is bringing compliance in earlier into the conversation. So Absolutely. starting earlier versus waiting till the very end of an ex you know executing on this to establish them as a partner along the way, to help inform them. You talked about learning, right? And I think as an, as organizations adapt to this idea of omni-channel, the entire organization has to learn what, what that looks like and feels like. And I think some of the best practices we've seen where organizations have been successful, right, is, is establishing right off out of the gates that their compliance function is going to be a partner and they're going to bring them in early in the strategic planning and that that part of the process rather than waiting till it's too late and then they have to circle back again and try to correct things that maybe you know were outside of the guidelines of of a compliance perspective i totally agree and i think that shifts the mindset of the business on who compliance is they're not a firewall they're not here to prevent you from doing your job or get you in trouble they're here to help enhance the process. They're here to provide guidance that you need to ensure that you're doing your job compliantly while still being efficient and effective. So that idea of getting them involved early as a business partner, being proactive, setting up those early on broader guardrails, developing tangible documented guidance around what can be shared and what can't be. How do you collect data? How do you safeguard that data? And then how do you turn it around and, and then communicate it back out to the appropriate parties in a compliant way is all really important. Yeah, I mean, some other things I can think of right off the bat when we talk about like what, what to be thinking about when it comes to this, it's things like establishing a hotline, right? We've seen it during launch meetings. Why not have it with your compliance partners, right? Have a hotline for quick questions that can be evaluated, assessed, and get an answer too quickly. I think also setting up processes, right, for determining impact of new regulations because we know that regulations are continuously shifting and evolving in this marketplace. So having some sort of set process or tool for assessing the impact on those new regulations and what that might mean, right, to the existing experiences and also what that might mean to the risk of different tactics that may be part of Omnichannel. You know, I think finally, I think about just training and I know I keep heart going back to the operational piece of this, but I do think when you're making such a shift like this, there's such importance here in terms of putting some training mechanisms in place to keep people in the know and to keep them moving forward in terms of where the organization wants to go 
with their omni-channel approach. And I think that the point here, right, is ensuring that stakeholders understand you know, what data and insights can be shared internally, what can't be shared, how those interactions should occur compliantly, and, and really start building that as the foundation, right, for moving the entire organization into the adoption of an omni-channel approach versus the traditional way of doing things. Thanks, Mindy and Hunter, for sharing your insight. I think you've made a great case for getting compliance involved as a true business partner early and often as life science companies are really grappling with this shift in the industry and just the huge amount of change that's coming their way as they adopt this new model and react to the ever-changing regulations. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.